I'm your announcer, Joey Clams, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show, where a couple of metalheads talk about hard rock and heavy metal while drinking and writing craft beers from around the country. And don't forget to stick around after tonight's festivities for a one-on-one interview with our featured guest. For two guys who are so metal, they brush their teeth with steel wool, it's Genghis and Ragman. I didn't think you were, because I didn't think you were man enough. Who are you, what are you talking about over there? You're having a whole conversation with yourself. I'm man enough. No, you're not. You're a fucking, I don't know, a woman in a G-strap. I mean, a jockstrap. Yeah, thank you. Well, I didn't think that was a compliment, did you, Genghis? I'm not even listening, so. Dude, I got to tell you what. I have got such a hard-on. I, I, I learned something... From our good friend Lee yesterday, that just fucking blew my world. It's like COVID's officially over, and probably one of the biggest events to hit Houston since COVID's coming. Do you know what that is? What's that? Eddie Trunk is coming. 
All right. For a one-night affair with Eddie fucking Trunk. Wow. Yeah, you look excited. Yeah, as you knew I would be. That's not surprising. But John, I'm just going to tell you something right now. No one gives a flying fuck. That's a little harsh. Yeah. I guess it is a little harsh. But dude, what the fuck? Who cares? Now I'm starting to sound like him. Yeah, and you're the one who brought it up, so why would you even mention it? I I don't know. It, when Lee yeah. said that to me yesterday, I'm like, are you... Well, first, he was like, are you, you got to be fucking kidding me. And so he's he's got to get right in the thick of it to where the bands that need the money that haven't been able to tour for a year and a half, Dickhead has to go out there and still... Well, who's going to buy tickets for that? Maybe 10 people? I don't even know what it is. I mean, what is it? It's a night with Eddie Trunk. Literally just him? Yeah. I mean, what does he do? Just come out and sit on the stage and jerk off? I mean, what does he... If he does that, I'm there. I'm just going to say. I mean, is it like a Q&A kind of bullshit? Uh, I'm Storytellers? Oh, I was on the radio this one time talking that's, to Slash. Yeah, that's all he ever does on his show anyway. So yeah. what's the difference? Why would anyone want more than basically him doing his radio show in a ballroom somewhere. Wow, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck that anyone going up for that. I mean, why? Who the who would give a flying fuck? I don't know. That That's right. what this... Well, then that's was, all there is to say about that, I guess. Lee and I were both like, <laughs> who thought this was a good idea? Probably him. Oh, okay. I gotta go it. out there. My fans miss me. Uh huh. You think so? Obviously not. <laughs> I was just—I couldn't fucking believe it. Really, I mean, coming off—I mean, myself seeing four live shows now uh, since things are starting to get back to normal. I'm vaccinated and all that stuff. And dude, I gotta tell you, so. I don't know. Have we talked since I saw um, uh, Eric Martin and yep. then Bumblefoot and Jeff Scott? So we did a show yep. after that. So last weekend was Mr. Big, or not Mr. Big. So uh, was Winger on Friday and then Night Ranger on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And dude, fucking Winger was bad fucking ass, dude. They were cool. really good. They were up there having a good old time. Reb mm. killed it. I sent you video. Nice. No comments from you. Like, oh, that's a thumbs up from me. Yeah, because that's useful. Well, you could have said, dude, thank you. This looks Thank you? Awesome. Why would I thank you? Because I thought of you. Oh, okay. You're my special little teddy bear. Special little guy. Just <laughs> special little guy. I'm like, I wish you were here with me, Genghis, because I know you would love this. I think yeah. about you like that. That's really sweet. <laughs> That's darling. <laughs> but no, dude, they did fucking Rainbow in the Rose. Nice. I know you. That's one of your faves. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen them do that live except for on the the Heart of the Young tour. And cool. then they did Junkyard Dog from Pole. Nice. I was like, fucking a guys. It's thank like you, you playing the good shit. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they pulled out a couple things that uh, they probably hadn't played in a long time Mm -hmm. and made the set list really fun. 
for, I guess, the core fans, and I'm sure that's what they're thinking. It's like anybody's going to come see us right now is a core fan. Yeah. It's that's cool, though. I mean, that to do right, to do something a little extra for, especially considering that everybody's been so backed up waiting for this shit to happen. That yeah. Let's make, it, let's make it something special. And I was hoping to talk to Reb, but unfortunately he was not returning my text, Holmes. Ah, oh, what do you know? What do you know? Hey, I'm we were surprised. boys when we talked. Oh, yeah. When it was great, it was great, is what you just said. He probably changed his number. Or he blocked me. There you go. Like this, this guy, man. Once he listened to the show, he's like, oh, these assholes. Never mind. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so, while we play some winger, why yeah. don't we do... Why don't we do Junkyard Dog? I don't know if we've ever done that on the show. Or, I think we have a long time ago. But Probably. Let's go ahead and do it. All right. fun dude just going to two shows back to back same venue um i would say that night ranger was actually more crowded than winger which, which I guess one is not too no. far out of the realm of what you would think would happen right what was the day night uh winger was friday night ranger was saturday saturday yeah same place that you saw the other concerts the, the warehouse live yeah both of them Oh, no, okay. no, no. The other two with uh, Eric Martin and the Bumblefoot Jeff Scott Soto show, those were at, in Katy at a place called the Wildcatter oh, okay. Saloon. Yeah, this is back at uh, Warehouse, though. That's yeah, like back old Warehouse school. Live, the way we were, baby. Yeah, the way we were seeing shows before. Yeah. Cool. So got to do the routine, got to go to 8th Wonder on Saturday, went to 8th Wonder, True Anomaly, and then had dinner at the Goat. Yep, I know you've Radio been wanting like to go that. there for a while. And then the night prior for Winger was True Anomaly and Vinny's Pizzeria with uh, my friend Pablo. Mm-hmm. And we had a good time. It was a good old time. I would imagine. So, uh, but Night Ranger killed it. Um, there was a lot of, I guess, people hitting me up on Instagram after I posted my, uh, my little post on it saying, where the fuck's Brad? So Brad apparently had rotator cuff surgery and mm. was recovering from that and didn't play. So Kerry Kelly, which another guy was hoping to interview because I've talked to him before and we actually, I'm not going to sound like Eddie Trunk, we text each other from time to time. Uh-huh. We're both craft beer guys, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we've always talked about getting together, having a beer, whenever they played Houston, but it didn't happen. 
And he kind of explains, like, dude, I was double duty. And okay. dude, he fucking killed it, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like if you closed your eyes, you wouldn't have really. I mean, you'd miss Brad in the, the whammy bar and what he sure. brings. But you would almost, at, at some point, you would think there were two guitar players out there. Probably with effects and stuff like that. But Kerry okay. did a fucking stellar job, man. I was really happy for him, man. And I texted him. I was like, dude, you fucking killed it, bro. And he was like, oh, man, thank you. He goes, it's been tough. He goes, I apologize. I want to hook up. But uh, just, I had a lot going on. I said, like, dude, I fucking get it, dude. You're a fucking one-man show up there. Good yeah. Part two guitar band. Yeah. So, uh, I got to say, man, thank you. We have fucking live music's back, brother. Um, shit, I asked you today. Seven Dust is coming. How was the show? How was the crowd at each show? Uh, Being that this was Warehouse Live, Winger was pretty crowded. They didn't have; they had kind of like a little pit thing uh, up front, and then it was just like general admission. So the pit is like you pay extra money; it's like hundred bucks, and you get a seat, and you're right up close. And then is that the one that's on the side? No, just up front, front row. Oh, so like, they've got a new thing they're doing. They didn't yeah, do that yeah. before. Oh, interesting. And they started doing that towards right before COVID, where not even really seats, but just they would blockade you. So, hmm. hey, if you want to pay a hundred dollars, you can get up really yeah, close to the like, band. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think do it was a hundred; maybe it's like fifty bucks. That's or that's a lot different. So, okay, so right. I mean, I paid ten dollars to see Winger. Yeah, those guys probably paid forty or fifty bucks to be close. I'm like, okay, do your thing. I'm yeah. a cheap fuck. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I'll be right on the other side of but, that fence. Where but then so. with Night Ranger, I would say that they had probably 20 rows of seats. And then they had general admission behind that. Huh. And so they had the actual chairs I, I was right in the fucking aisle. Huh. And dickheads. Had, I was like, dude, can you fucking sit down and watch the fucking band? Nope. No one ever oh, does. Oh, I got to pee. I need another beer. Yeah. It's like, did you come to actually see a fucking band or just to dick around? Yeah. We hadn't seen this shit for a year and a half, and yeah. you're going to go jerk off in the fucking bathroom. What's wrong with you? I understand those people. Yeah, that's why, that's the thing. It's not, because you could say, oh, we've got seats, so that'll, but people stand up anyway. Yeah. So that's why I say, when like, when House of Blues for me is the ideal place, because the way they got that upper prom area, you know, it doesn't matter. It, it, nobody stands up because you're sitting down, because you've got a great seat. Why would I stand? And no one, and because it's stadium seating, you know, the way right. you're sitting, no one's ever, even tall people aren't really in your way from seeing the stage. I'm like, that's why I like for any show at House of Blues, I want upper area, if possible, as far front, up front as I can get. Yeah. And that to me is perfect because I, I, you shouldn't have to fucking stand. The only reason anybody stands, I mean, obviously, if it's sta- uh, uh, open admission or whatever, uh, general admission, then that is standing, right? But down right. there on the floor. But anywhere be, be back beyond it, the only reason anybody ever stands is because the dick in front of them is standing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not because everybody wanted to stand. When we go to the woodlands and it's all seating, there's no general admission. It's all seating. People still fucking stand. I'm like, why are you standing, you idiots? Just stay sitting down. What's the difference? Dude, but remember when we saw like AR, ARW in Kansas? It's like everybody's sitting in their chair like they're watching the opera or something like yeah. that you know and, it, and yet it didn't take away from how awesome the fucking show was no no that's why i think it's silly it's like i don't get why so many people just like why do you want to stand if you don't have to that's dumb you go to a fucking ball game everybody doesn't fucking stand 
they sit yeah. in their fucking seats. If there's like, oh no, things are really exciting, I'll stand for like a little bit for this one play, and then I'll sit back down like a normal human being. Right. But at concerts, everybody fucking stands, and I hate it. It's, I mean, obviously, I say that because I'm fucking five foot four on a good day. So I, I'm always the poor bastard behind this dickhead, some hayseed who's like fucking six six, who's like, oh, yeah. I'm here for this show, and I don't really like this band, but I like standing in front of you. Well, prick. it kind of depends on the band, too. I mean, if we're seeing Iron Maiden, I, I want to stand up and rock out. <laughs> right? Some of that, yeah. But I, I can rock pretty well sitting down. But I'm a lazy fuck. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I get it. I mean, for some shows, I mean, especially the, more of the, I wouldn't say mellow or stuff, but maybe more progressive music that's mm. not super heavy. Oh, mm. yeah. I'm totally down for sitting down and just watching the show and enjoying it. Yeah. If it's like Maiden or Priest or somewhere I want to rock out, I feel the need to stand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, that it's just one of the things. It is, right? Yeah. So, dude, so Seven Dust coming. Um, I'm trying to think of my next. I think my next show is Slaughter and Kicks. Kicks. Not mm. Kiss. Kicks. Yep. And then today, Steel Panther tickets went on sale uh-huh. at House of Blues. There you go. So, I think I'm going to try to. That's a show you may want to be in the balcony just to be able to see all the nonsense going on on stage. Yeah. There's a bit of nonsense. Oh, yeah. Especially if people are drunk. Things yeah. get out of control. Hey. So, I may look into that. I'm probably going to go that solo. I, I, I started thinking today, I was like, who would go with me to see Steel Panther? Mm-hmm. Couldn't think of a person. I hope you find somebody. Oh, but I got one for you. What was that? George Lynch and Dokken come to yeah. the Arena Theater in August. No shit. Yeah. Cool. You think about that one. I can see it on your face over there. He's <laughs> like, well, I might think about that one. So that's interesting. When you say George Lynch and Dokken, you really mean whatever he's renamed his band opening for Dokken. It's no longer Lynch Mob because apparently that's offensive to people. Well, I get it, but so he's just going by George Lynch as if he's playing by himself on stage? It, well, I'm sure it's a George that's, Lynch band. With all okay. The and then, and all so, yeah, I'll just come up with a name and just... So that, and then he's going to probably come out and play three or four songs with Doc. Just call him Mr. Scary or something. There you go. Just be done with it. Mr. Scary opening for Doc. You're like, George sweet. Lynch's Back to the Attack. Or something. I don't like George when people Lynch's do... George Lynch's Tooth and Nail. But I don't like when people do their thing like... Like like John Carpenter is the thing. It's like you know yeah. I don't need your fucking name in it. The name of the fucking movie is the right. thing, not John Carpenter's the thing. That sounds stupid. Just call it the thing. Or you, you know what I mean? Called Lynch. Uh, but then like, what does that um, mean? It's his last fucking name. I know. Oh no no, I'm not worried about that being oh. offensive. Yeah, I'm not gonna fucking apologize for my name. But yeah. um, but um, the idea of something like you know like. I mean, I guess there's things like Van Halen, but yeah. like Boston, right? That's not anybody's name. It's just a fucking word or a name. When it's yeah. the guy's name, it always sounds a little goofy to me. Right. I get you. I get you. Yeah. I think he said, come up with something a little more interesting than that. It's like, just call it George. Hey, George <laughs> is opening up for Dockin. Furious George. There you go. Furious so, I George. I love the cartoon, mate. I do. That's right. That little monkey's a funny little bastard he is. I know. I like the way he swings a banana. Banana. Like, he gets in a lot of mischief too. He really oh, makes me laugh, man. Little bastard. <laughs> well, um, should we play some lunch, Bob? If you want. I think we should. Okay. 
What is your favorite lynch mob? I mean, you're not as big a lynch mob guy as I am, but I know you love lynch mob. Yeah, sure. They're great. Can you think of a song off the top of your head that you would like to hear? Probably the classic, you know, Wicked Sensation. I just love that song. It's got such a great rhythm to it. Yeah, it's got a great groove. Why don't we do it? shows and it looks like I, I, festivals are coming back the metal munchkins going to one in july in florida mm-hmm. and i think like it's one of the idea. biggest festivals it's like a rap thing oh then that's a real great idea yeah it's got like post malone and <laughs> i don't know these people okay some people um but i don't know i don't know i'm sure hey, it'll be fine you know what, Paisan? I'm freaking thirsty over here. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? We need to call our good friend Mr. G. Mr. G? Dude, I am fucking jacked up over this one. Alright. Did you jack off? I didn't jack off. I said I'm jacked up. This This fucking cat. Get the fuck off this fucking cat. It won't leave me alone, Paisan. It won't leave me alone. All right, look at this. Hey, hey. Nice. Can over here. Uh-huh, I see it. Fine online. So, anyway, I am drinking, and I, I, I got to say, uh, I read about this one about a month ago, 
uh-huh. I saw a post on Instagram from the Tupps Brewery out of McKinney, Texas, mm-hmm. that they had a double dry hopped IPA oak shake. No way. Double dry hopped IPA oak. So you thought you'd branch out with another PLL IPA milk brewed shake. with lactose, sir. That's lactose. how they're all made. Lactose. Yeah. But with fucking oak shake? Who didn't get hard over something like that? Why the fuck would you get... What's so exciting about that? It just sounded good. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, I thought it was like oats, because I'm like, oats in like IPAs right now is kind of my thing. Yeah, it's the thing. No way. You're yeah. following the latest trend with IPAs? It's not You're a breaking trend, out sir. of the mold. It's like, we're going to experiment, mate. We're just uh-huh. see what works out. But uh-huh. this is oak, and I didn't even realize it. I thought it was oat. It's oak. No shit. So you're putting tree bark in the fucking beer. That's the thing. It's like oak itself doesn't make anything good. If it no, was the I, oak of a bourbon barrel or something, then that might I've be gone, I've gone to a half chub because I thought it was oats. Okay. Wow. This is like the fifth time you've mentioned it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, do you get anything on it? Do you find anything yeah. over there? Yeah. Since I had like an hour to do it. Let's see. This thing is. Mr. Smart Guy. Exactly. This is Oak Shake is an oak aged IPA brewed with lactose and double dry hopped. It is seven percent ABV, so not as much as you would think, considering it's a double dry hopped IPA. So double IPA is what that means. The dry hopped. I mean, I thought they were all dry hopped, but whatever. Shows what I know. Uh, and so uh, you know, I think the can itself has a little bit more information, but I'm not quite sure what they mean. If you look at the can. It says on there, I think those are supposed to be the hops that they use. So they've got Azaka, 35%. Vic Secret, another 35%. And El Dorado, 30%. Yeah. So I guess those are all the hops. Now the thing is, well, that is 100%. So what do I know? I can't count. So I was going to say, it's like, that don't even know 100%. What else is in there? (laughs) <laughs> but uh, what's locking, mate? The lactose homes? Yeah, so three of these. I know you're fucking lactose. So that's interesting with the oak. I don't know what oak age. I guess that just means maybe they were. I don't know if there's oak barrels that they're aged in. I don't know why they wouldn't just maybe say so. oak barrel aged. Why they just say oak aged? It's not like they poured it over a fucking oak tree. It's like there you go. <laughs> no shit. You got a little bit of bark in And there. I doubt. I honestly doubt they put bark in the fucking beer. So I mean, so what is the deal? I don't know. Very, well, no, I mean, I've had a couple beers from Equal Parts, and uh, one of the last ones we had rated was one called Extra Fuzzy, uh-huh. and they, they're they putting, like, oatmeal in the beer if you can make it a little bit more creamy. Yeah, we know that. And uh, you mix that with a little bit of the lactose, and it comes off just amazing. Um, right, but that's not what this is, so what does that Yeah, matter? so I thought it was oat. I missed it. Uh, Damn, if you say that one more fucking time. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? We get it. You thought out. it was oat. It wasn't. It's a fucking K and not a T. It's a fucking tree. <laughs> You're an adult. You can read. Uh, apparently not too good. Yeah, apparently not. It's freaking well, let's you get out. on with this thing. Yeah. So the can's like pretty it. cool. I like the can. It's It looks like, uh, looks like a piece of plywood or something with everything stamped on it. Kinda. It is. It is interesting. It's not bad. That's yeah, I'd cool. give it a, a high high rating for that. And I'm looking at their other cans, and they do pretty good. I like when the people have their when their cans are different for every 
drip beer. It's easy to just keep having the same fucking look. Like St. Arnold's basically has the same one all the time. They just change the colors yeah. a bit. And that's actually not, I actually don't have a problem with that one. But this is like each one has a different design with every single beer it looks like. And I respect that. That they took the time to put some some thought into the design. Yeah. They cared, Paisan. They cared. Mm-hmm. So, see, well, let's get to the important part. Uh, when I poured this, uh, quite a bit of head on it. A uh, lot of lacing on the glass, as you can see. Um, it it is. seemed it's a, real a little sticky. bit less hazy, but it's pretty... I mean, it's not as hazy as some of them I drink. Well, did they just, say it was hazy? I don't think that it is, right? It's not clear by any means, uh, no. but it's not like thick like orange juice. It's like not billed as a hazy beer, then. Yeah. So let's do the aroma. Not a lot to it. Maybe a little bit stuffed up. Fucking tree pollen. Kicking yep. my ass. I've been sneezing all fucking day. You're one um, of those people, yeah. But it looks good. I mean, uh, parents uh, give me about three and a half, four. Mm-hmm. Um, the aroma, I'm not going to judge that because I think I'm kind of stopped up. So whatever. Ah, so all right. The important part. The trinkage, Holmes. Uh-huh. Let's do it. Clink, clink, clink. See now, keep in mind that the smell is a big part of taste, so that mm-hmm. might mess with you. The fact that you're not up on the smeller so so well. It's got a fair amount of taste. It's a little different though. Um, I thought with the lactose uh, in it, it might come off a little sweeter. There's mm-hmm. a little sweetness, bitter sweetness at the end, but it kind of tastes earthy, to be honest. Huh. That's interesting. I would not have expected that. Um. Because that's the, you don't drink shit like that anymore. No, no, this is my first oak shake type beer. I didn't even know these existed until I read it wrong and realized that I had the right thing here. So, um, hmm. it's not going to get a four. Um, no, no, not surprised. But they can't all be fours, believe it or not. It's smooth. It's. I thought it'd be a little more body to it. It's a little kind of watery too. Huh, so I would say between a three and a half and a three and a quarter. Okay. Um, kind of pissed because I paid a lot of money. Because <laughs> 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 I was so excited for it, right? And uh, it's so not un- it's not underwhelming totally, but I don't know. Maybe as it warms up, so it'll get seems a little fairly better. underwhelming to you. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, always no beer is the same when we start drinking it as when we right. finish it. So it might improve. They usually only ever... Have you ever had... Can you remember a beer where as it warmed up it got worse? Because I don't... Oh, I think yes. we may have had one or two. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a few. And a lot of them are the ones that they're really high in ABV and the alcohol just comes out so It gets present. too damn strong. It yeah. up, it's like, fuck. It's like you're drinking fucking rubbing alcohol. Like, holy well, shit. Well, yeah. You and I had a couple of those, you know, back in the studio back in the day. We're yeah. like, fuck, dude. And I think some of them we ended up fucking uh, pouring out. Yeah, we just like, I can't do this, man. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we had one or two of those. That's true. That's weird when it's like that. Because, I mean, we've had high ABV beers. It, mm-hmm. Just because a beer is high ABV doesn't mean it's hard to drink. No. You know, we've had some that are smooth as hell. Like, this is a dangerous beer because it tastes fucking delicious oh, and it's dude. high as shit yeah, in fuck ABV. Yeah, dude. I was in Dallas a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite breweries around that area is a brewery called Celestial. They had some yeah. triples. Yeah. They're like 10%. And, you're, and they were like infused. One was infused with uh, pineapple 
and one was infused with, I want to say tangerines. Okay. The one with tangerines, like, mother fucker, it was good. And I was like, I got the baby pours because I was driving. I was like, I don't think I need the 12 ounce. I just need the little <laughs> four, four, six ounce glass here. Yeah. And I was glad I did because, dude, those you get in trouble really quick with something like that. Kind of grabs you by the poo-poo. A little bit, Holmes. A little bit. <laughs> so... Uh, so I would, I'm going to go three and a half, um, cause I, the more I take drinks out of it, the more I like it, it doesn't deserve a four. It's good, but it's not kicking my ass. That's fair. An honest so, assessment. Th- that calls for a tune, Paisan. All right. It's that time of the show. I'm hit. What you got over there? Uh, I bought a little something. I really dug these guys. I heard them the other day. It's another one of those really cool sounding, kind of, kind of proggy sounding, uh, genty counting uh, mm-hmm. sounding bands. Uh, they're called Textures. They're off Nuclear Blast Records, and this one's called Reaching Home. Nice. Let's do it. I've been finding some cool shit lately, and I'm just like, fuck, man, I never heard of these guys. And they're all on things like Nuclear Blast. They're like, holy shit, I didn't know these guys were cranking out shit like this. I mean, I'm used to old stuff like, like what is it, uh, Nuclear Assault, or what was the name of those guys back in the day? Nuclear Assault? Yeah. Yeah, shit that's like that. What, that's what, that's what I expect. That's what like Sam Kinison, or he sing like Sam Kinison. <laughs> right. That's what I expect from old old labels like Nuclear Blast, Blast or Metal Blade or something, and yet you're getting all this funky, genty proggy kind of sounding shit i'm like all right sweet i didn't know those guys were into that you know you expected the weirder labels to handle that kind of shit mm-hmm. well i think uh, <laughs> one of the better labels for that kind of stuff was century media for a long time and nuclear blast has had a pretty good little roster afm's got a really good roster like that mm-hmm. metal blade 
pretty much stick to your guns, just meat and potatoes metal, but they do expand out on some different type of uh, genre of metal bands that they carry. Mm-hmm. I think they all kind of do that now. They all kind of have to just diversify a bit. Um, Sounds reasonable. But with Metal Blade, you kind of knew what you were going to get. You know, Century Media was a more, a little bit different. You could go with the black metal, you could go with the melodic death, um, uh, a little industrial stuff. You wouldn't, I mean, you're not going to get hard rock or anything like that, but yeah, you kind of knew what you're going to get with each label. But I think all of them had to kind of diversify now. Even Frontiers, which was more of just kind of a, I wouldn't say ARR, but just a good hard rock label. They experimented to some heavier stuff now, and even some a little bit of proggier stuff. I mean, shit, DGM's on there, and again, yeah. they're melodic. Right. But, but that's uh, what I'm talking about. It's like there's a slightly different sort of feel to things. Like they're they're moving in a direction that I think for a long time they weren't. They were kind of stuck in that sort of generic, right. metally sounding band. I, I like that they're branching out. Sure, sure. So uh, you got a story over there, Paisan? Yeah, I want to play a little storyage here. Let's go to the news of the week. A lot of interesting shit out there. We know there was, we talked last time about uh, about the Hall of Fame and about what's going on there. And I think as it turns out, uh, I didn't check the standings, but I think I heard through word of mouth that Iron Maiden did not make it into the Hall of Fame. No, they didn't. No, they and didn't. And so now and... there's a growing questions about people going to you know, the CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and ask questions like, what the fuck, dude? Do you guys even know metal exists? Do you appreciate it at all? Or what's your problem? So uh, over at planetradio.co.uk, uh, an English uh, news site, they talk about how um, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame CEO answers whether it respects heavy metal music because, as it says in the byline here, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and Motorhead are yet to be inducted despite the fact that they've all been around for fucking ever look literally decades so according to this in an interview with odyssey yesterday to celebrate the class of 21 announcement rock and roll hall of fame president and ceo greg harris was asked for his views on comments d snyder made in february about the rock hall not respecting heavy metal music because snyder blasted him on twitter at the time saying the r&r hall committee members are arrogant elitist assholes who look down on metal and other bands that sell millions because we're not their definition of cool. The fan vote is there throwing a bone to the peasants. I want to say F you, but I want them to have to deal with us. So Greg Harris said, It's an interesting one because we do respect heavy metal music. We celebrate all forms of rock and roll. They were nominated and we've nominated Iron Maiden Judas Priest and have nominated have been nominated. We put Def Leppard in. Like I throw that in there. We put Def Leppard in. Uh, They're really metal. Yeah, those are uh, those that are nominated. Over eighty percent of them eventually do get inducted. Eventually, what the fuck does that mean? Years mm-hmm. and years from now. So it's really a question of let's keep nominating them. Let's get them on the ballot and let's get it out to the voting body. Incredible bands, no doubt, truly worthy of nomination, truly worthy of consideration. This ballot has sixteen artists on it. They can't. They just can't all go in. So this year, these are the six, and we're excited to see what next year brings. That just sounds like a blow off to me. Yeah, totally. You know, it's just like, hey, you know, just keep doing it. Keep keep going at it. You're like, well, what the fuck? That's what we're saying is we're keep we keep going at it, and you ain't doing dick about it. So right. what the fuck? So uh, I know that our friend uh, Lee, he had similar comments or made mention of it. How he just thinks. This is all just a bunch of horse shit. It's like a supper club that, you know, you may not give a shit about being in if you're 
right thinking. I know a lot of bands have talked about that, how they just don't give a shit. Remember Alex Lifeson and his speech yeah. that he gave blah, when they blah, got blah. inducted? Blah, 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 blah. In other words, whatever, dude. You know, it's like, thank yeah. you, but so what? Right. And I think that's how you have to be. Notice that never, if they n- had never gotten into the Hall of Fame, there's still motherfucking Rush, dude. Everybody knows who Rush is. Everybody fucking loves Rush because they just make great damn music. Yeah. And so why do we give a shit with them being in the Hall of Fame? And I, I have to ask myself that. It's like, why? I, I don't, I have utter disdain for like the Oscars and the Golden Globes. I don't even consider that a real fucking award. And all that kind of shit, Critics' Choice, like, fuck those awards. But the Oscars and the Emmys, you know, the big ones, the Grammys, I still like, well, who made it in there? And then when I hear that the bands Ali did make it, I'm like, ah, fucking, why do I even watch those guys? And the next year I ask, hey, who made it in? So it's one of those things that you, you have a love-hate relationship with. You know, you know that your band is the shit. You love them, but you, I guess it just feels validating to have somebody give them an award and go, you're officially the shit because of this award. So... If, if it never gives them that award and therefore you're like, well, fuck them then. It's like, well, then why do you give a shit about that validation? I don't know. I can't. It's weird. I don't know what to think about. <laughs> well, I've heard, I've heard from a few people. I think uh, yeah, Eddie Trunk was having an aneurysm over it. But, I mean, I fucking knew made one going to get in. I mean, yeah. just it doesn't happen. I mean, looking at this year's inductees, and I don't think it's all of them, the couple. So, uh, of course, the Foo Fighters got in. <laughs> Well, what do you know? Dave Grohl, America's sweetheart. I mean, yeah. and again, do they get it over Maiden? Fuck no. That yeah. makes no fucking sense. They had some. Right. They have some hits. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Go Go's. I get. I'm with them on the Go Go's. I think the Go Go's deserve to be in there. I exactly. Mean, influential uh, female band. Went through a lot. Uh, Jay Z. I don't know. That's not rock was, and roll. Is he a, he's, again, it's not rock and roll, like you said. Yeah. Is he a pioneer in rap or does he sing rap? Uh, yeah, I guess he's a rapper. And is he a pioneer? Is he influenced? Sure. But again, he's not fucking rock and roll. This is the rock and roll hall of fame, not the popular influential hall of right. fame. So what the fuck? Carol King. Carol King, I think, technically would be rock and roll. So this is the thing about rock and roll. Rock and roll is really, it's a lot of different shit. There's so many subgenres, but rock and roll implies. I mean, she's almost more like folk or something because she's more yeah. in the category of like James Taylor and those guys, you know. Okay. So why the fuck she's in there? I don't know. I like her. I think she's fine. I don't mind her being, you know, lauded, you know, because I think she's talented. But right. like I said, that doesn't mean she belongs in the rock and roll hall of fame. She belongs in the whatever the fuck else hall of fame is called because right. you know. And I'm sure she's won a shit ton of Grammys. So it's not like she hasn't been rewarded for her efforts. <clears throat> You know, Todd same with Rundgren. Rush. I mean, huh? Todd Rundgren. I don't get that one. I think he's rock. I think he's clearly he's rock and roll. Rock, but did he really do that much? Supposedly, Can you name a Todd Rundgren song. Oh, I can't. But he's mentioned by a lot of fucking rock and rollers. He's oh, old. Is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's old school. He's I know one he of took guys. over for Rick Ocasek in the Cars, right? Yeah, which doesn't mean anything. Uh, no. But but the fact is, he was a long known. He's been known forever. He's one of those guys that's just been around for decades. And yeah, all but, the I old mean, school people mention him and talk about how he's great. I've never fucking heard any of his music, and I don't think I care. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, why that's the thing. You can be great. It doesn't mean anybody cares. Right, I, that's right. what I'm saying. It's like, how does this work? What is the actual? What are the actual criteria? You know what I mean? I right. mean, you can read it, but it's like that doesn't seem to be what you guys are following. 
it still seems like you're just you know picking or whoever you guys decide. That's same with like the Oscars. That's what it's become too. You you get these groups, these sort of I don't know, these sort of temples of searings type dudes. You get these we're we're the priests up here. We're the ones who know what we have all the knowledge. We know everything, and we've decided that you get chosen this year. But the people have no say. And the people most often, certainly nowadays, disagree with what they say is supposed to be the winner. So how relevant is it really? You know, yeah. most of the people that are nominated or and even win for Best Picture Oscar these days, I haven't seen any of those fucking movies. Right, and I don't right. want to see any of those fucking movies. So you why the fuck? fucking funny? What was it? So I was on YouTube earlier and it said Mudvayne performs Dig on the 2021 Oscars. Oh, really? And, and for some reason, I thought it said 2001. So I'm watching it, and they're showing... Uh, who's the guy that played Batman? The, the really good Batman. Christian Bell? Yeah, so it showed Christian Bell in the audience. And all these people like looking a little confused, like they're rocking out. Uh, what, Glenn Close. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Mudvayne? Because <laughs> they reunited, right? Yeah. And, and they you know, were the makeup. I'm like... Did they really play the fucking Oscars? <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility. And then my, my uh, daughter's friend comes up, and I was like, you got to see this. Because I didn't read it close enough. I just was, like, flipping around before the show. Mm. I go, this heavy metal band is playing the Oscars, and look at the people's faces. And a couple of people <laughs> look like, what the fuck? Yeah, what and am I goes, seeing? Uh, if you look, there's no ABC icon <clears throat> when they show that band that you're talking about, sir. Mr. Ragman. I was like, fuck. Got dupe Tom's. Oh, so they weren't really at the Oscars. No, no, no. But it was just so funny because whoever put the little video together, the little mash or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. it almost looked real like, how the fuck? Who, who at ABC thought it was a great idea to have Mudvayne play at the Oscars uh -huh. and perform Dig? <laughs> That's the thing. It's like usually they if they're playing songs, it's like it's because they're in a movie that's nominated or something, mm -hmm. or they're nominated for best original song for a movie or that kind of shit. It's like, and I'm sure Mudvayne wasn't on any soundtracks. So no. I'm like, what? No, the fuck? not not even. I mean, Dig came out what probably two early 2000s, right, or yeah. late 90s. Right. So but you got totally duped, Tom. Um, because when she said that, I looked, and the one lady was like swaying her head back and she was singing and it wasn't dig it was something else it was obvious it was just put together to make it look like okay. it was real so you, you sorry totally i didn't mean to run your trade oh god you got close up the close up the money shot <laughs> now just make sure you can see me so uh anyway so he he addressed it but come on it, it's basically a blow off that says hey you know uh Good luck, you know? I yeah. totally respect you, and good luck. And then, you know, they probably will make it in, but it could be like 20 years from now. So this is the problem I have. It's like, okay, they make it in, great. I think that's wonderful. I don't, you know, as long as they get in, I'm happy. But my thing is, if you wait so long that half the dudes in the band are dead or not, right. no one's talking to them anymore, then so that you can't even have the ceremony properly, then you waited too fucking long. Right. You know what I mean? You know, Dave Grohl and all the dudes in Foo Fighters are all healthy and able to walk and show up there and do their little speech and whoopee for the guys in Foo Fighters. But the guys in Iron Maiden, I mean, for all you know, one of those dudes will die tomorrow 
and then they have the ceremony and that's just a real bummer you know well, it's yeah, like you I mean, could have put us in while we were all perfectly healthy we were still just as fucking worthy of being in the club back then and you kept blowing us off like we'll be around forever i want to say paul diano's health is not the best i think he retired <clears throat> and then you got dennis stratton i i mean god knows what he's up to uh, well look at motorhead they're the biggest example of this yeah all, all of them are dead right isn't there only one guy left is phil still alive I thought they all died. Okay, I think everyone else who's ever been in Motorhead basically has died, hasn't they? Not everybody, but I mean Lemmy and and Homeboy, the other guy. uh, Was he the guitarist? Uh, Animal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like Phil Holmes. Yeah, it's like what the fuck, dude. So now, if they had a ceremony, it's like fucking Lemmy himself won't be there for the ceremony. And what the hell is that? You imagine what kind of speech he would have given. Oh, it would have been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Would have been awesome. <clears throat> he would have showed up with a fucking cigarette in his hand, even though they're like, you can't smoke in here, sir. He's like, whatever. I'm Lemmy. Fuck He's yeah. like, I'm fucking Lemmy, yeah. It's, he points to his shirt. It just says, I'm Lemmy. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, okay, sorry, sir. No, but I mean, that's the kind of shit I'm talking It's like, don't wait until it's too late to say, oh, we really think you did great work. After they're right. fucking dead, what good does that do? That's just right. like, oh, we didn't give a shit, but now that they're dead, now we'll look like dicks if we don't well, acknowledge them. So this- now we'll acknowledge them. This one's pretty interesting uh, in relating to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction this year. Right. They're doing a tribute to Randy Rhodes. I don't know if uh, you heard that. No, I haven't heard that. So I, I don't have the story. I've heard it from a couple friends have reached out and told me about it. It's like, I mean, why? I don't know what year anniversary it is of his death, but... Why in 2021 are they finally going to acknowledge Randy Rhodes? You know That's what a I mean? good question. Yeah. Aren't they also, too? I, I started seeing footage or articles and stuff about Randy Rhodes, like back when he was with Quiet Riot, footage or stuff, like pre Ozzy, Randy Rhodes doing mm-hmm. his thing and that's, I'm sure that's been around before but yeah. it's like why is there all of a sudden buzz about Randy maybe that's why because of that in that news but I mean it's cool that they're doing that but you don't acknowledge Iron Maiden or Judas Priest come on that's what I'm saying it's like I just I, that you know to end this story and move on it's like I just I don't get the idea of pushing it off pushing it back farther and farther so that by the time you maybe do acknowledge it I mean, they're lucky they got Russian when they did, or they wouldn't be able to have uh, Neil up there, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's the kind of reason that you get people like Alex just saying, you know what, now you're throwing us a bone after all this time, and everybody bitched and said, why the hell isn't Russian there? And now you find decide to do it. You expect us to bend over backwards and say, gosh, thank you guys so much. We really feel appreciated. It's like, no, it's all right. We'll go back in our Rolls Royces back to our fucking mansions and cry into our piles of money if we really feel bad about not being in the fucking rock and roll hall of fame in other words it's just kind of a joke now basically and i think i'm just probably at the point like i i've already done with the oscars and and everything else the emmys all that shit just say you know i don't really give a fuck anymore i don't either they're talking now about the golden globes that the golden globes may disappear because there's nobody to watch it anymore they did a thing where it's like they have no, like all of the, they, they can't find any stars or actors or whatever who are willing to host it. So they're just like, we may have to just stop having the Golden Globes because oh. it's like nobody gives a fuck anymore. It's yeah. like, yeah, right. And guess what, Oscars, you're next. Nobody gives a fuck about you either. Yeah. I mean, they had the lowest ratings of all time or something, the last Oscar show. Wow. 
Yeah, it's like it used to be like you know so many millions, and a lot of that is due to cable. I mean, uh, the internet cutting the cord and all that shit. But still, it's like people are just not seeing the relevance of this shit anymore in today's age. I don't think we need award shows like that where it's just a bunch of rich people patting themselves on the back. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So and I mean, you don't these... really have the. It, I, I think it's the same way within music as it is in like acting and stuff like that. There's right. not the big classic movie star anymore or movie actress. Just like there's not that classic big band uh, anymore like uh, the Beatles or Stones or Kiss. Yeah, you're right. Or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think people just get to the point. I mean, everything's on demand at this point pretty much. And yeah. Like, we'll find what we want, we'll we'll seek it out and get it on our own. We don't need these giant media companies to deliver it to us anymore like they used to. We're not dependent on these. And that means if they're smart, they'll evolve and find a way to sort of take advantage of that. Or they'll fucking die away, and I couldn't care less. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I've talked about it on the show before. I really don't even watch TV anymore. I watch a little bit here and there, but not much. I'm trying to watch the Ozarks, but... That's it's a good show. Probably, yeah, it's a great show. I never watched the third season, the last season, but I watched the first two. That's about the only thing. I've been, I've been trying to watch that for like three months, and I'm on episode three. So maybe one month. <laughs> By the time I get to bed or whatever I'm up to, I mean, just there's no time for TV anymore. Yep. If I settle down and get out of this craziness I'm in right now, mm-hmm. then maybe I'll start watching TV again. But for now, no. I'm hit. Well, uh, let's see what we got next. Have you heard this story? This is out of ToneDeafTheBrag.com. This article that says, I think it's based on an English study, saying that uh, listening to heavy metal can lead to unhealthy food choices. Son of a bitch. With a big old picture of Cliff Burton on the front of the article for some reason. (laughs) That's what we have, like McCheese or something. Uh, No, it says... Fat bastard. It says, bad news. If research from Denmark and China is to be believed... Yeah, because I believe what China tells me. But anyway, listening to hard rock and heavy metal can lead to unhealthy food choices. As per consequence of sound, a new study was published last month in Appetite showcasing the upsetting findings. 215 cross-cultural participants were involved from the above countries. They were presented with a wide range of food choices, both healthy and unhealthy options, and different soundtracks. Before the study was conducted, a survey was taken to determine what would be uh, classed as a healthy or unhealthy, quote-unquote, song, with heavy metal and hard rock unsurprisingly being counted as the latter. So right off the bat, they were already tainting this by saying heavy metal and hard rock will be considered unhealthy music. It's like, oh, that sounds biased already. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so then they go in and they go, participants in the study were presented with two versions of the same song, the so-called healthy one, which consisted of slower tempos and major keys, while the unhealthy one featured heavy guitars, a faster tempo, and minor notes. As if, you know, minor, the minor key was somehow unhealthy. Like, what the fuck's that supposed to mean? But anyway, sound effects... Uh, this I love how this article just fucking jumps. I hate bad, badly done websites. Uh, sound effects 
were also added underneath. So city noise was added to the unhealthy soundtrack and gentle ocean waves to the healthy soundtrack. Again, sounds like you're biasing shit a little bit. Yeah, pretty much. But okay, the study then found, quote, a causal relationship between healthy sounds and healthy food choice. Certain sounds, not unlike tastes, were found to be either bitter or sweet, according to Danny Peng Lee, a doctoral student in the Department of Food Science at Aarhus University and the study's lead author. It's like, uh-huh. And so usually when we think about food, we think about the taste, the aroma, and, of course, the sight of it, he said uh, to Academic Times. But sound has been, I would say, underrated as a topic of research. So they point out that some papers like the Daily Star got typically overexcited, leading with the aggravating headline, metal makes us all fat. It actually says, <laughs> it actually says metal makes us all heavy, but yeah. we, we know what they mean. The study essentially highlights that the more overwhelming audio, audible experience of a genre like heavy metal makes it harder to focus on other things, in this case, choosing between food choices. In this way, going for an easier, unhealthy option seems more suitable under the circumstances. So I guess they're basically saying, you know, I was listening to Metallica, so instead of, you know, these uh, delicious fresh vegetables, I'll eat this delicious cheeseburger. It's like, first of all, I would always make that choice. It don't matter what the fuck I'm listening to. It's like, I just prefer that other food. But the idea that you're going to pin it on fucking, you know, hard uh, heavy metal or hard rock just sounds like bullshit to me. Well, I hope they didn't spend a lot of fucking money on that testing. What kind of bullshit study is that anyway? That's the scam, dude. This is this is how universities stay in business, dude. Is that all this money is funneled into universities to give people studies to bolster their fucking bullshit arguments and policies? So I don't have faith in this shit anyway. Hey guy, what? Uh, Colin was uh, he heavily financed some of the studies. You might want to just tone it down a second. We might. So next article. <laughs> Look at you. You're listening to John. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Colin said thank you, thank you. So we got stuff about... It's fucking creepy when you do it. I, I think it's time for a tune, Holmes. You think it's tune time? Hey, what do you got? It's, it's tune time. Top of tune. All right. How about... Uh, uh, Udo Dirkschneider and the old gang. They got back together, yeah? Well, some of the old gang from Except got back with Udo and a couple other folks. Uh, they've got a brand new single that's, uh, I guess they've done a full record. This came out on April 29th. Uh, the song's called Face of a Stranger. It's really cool. Uh, I forget who the chick is that sings on this, but uh, no, it's, it's pretty good stuff, man. So let's check out Dirk Schneider and the old gang. <laughs>
tired of shit. I like it, mate. I do. Very nice. Cool. So, uh, what else? What's that next story over there? Well, uh, I'm thinking it's time to bring everybody down because I don't know if you heard about this. But we had another death. Oh, shit. Guess who this one is? Wait on me. Tawny Katane, Holmes. Tawny Holmes. Tawny oh, Katane dies at 59. MTV pinup from the 80s. She yep. was so hot in the 80s, too. Back in the day, yeah, she was like, holy shit. And, uh, Witchboard, you know, sp- she showed Bush. That's all you care about. You always go with Witchboard. All I can think of is uh, Bachelor uh, Party. Bachelor, Bachelor Party. She's classic I mean, in that. She's awesome in Bachelor Party. But I'll, I'll tell you a real funny story. Uh, Lee, when he was working for the paper in college, he got free tickets to go see Witchboard. So we went, I think we went <laughs> something awesome or something like that. And uh-huh. there was a shower scene. And she's fully nude, and some dude goes, "Bush, we have Bush." That was the movie. Yeah, it was Witchboard. Because you you do this, you tell me about this story all the time, but I never remember it being Witchboard. It was Witchboard, and the dude yelled it in the theater. <laughs> well, of course he did. The movie. I'm like, dude, I'm losing concentration. I'm gonna lose my rhythm over here. Concentration. <laughs> and I keep up with the complex plot of Witchboard. I was counting pubes, Holmes. See, she wasn't, you know, that was never that big a deal to me. I, I thought that her problem was she uh, she just seemed to be, I don't know, she was just a little, like, all over the place. She seemed oh, she's like a she, net, was, she was a nut job. Yeah. The older and, she got, at least. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's I mean, according to this article at showbiz411.com, Tawny Katane, whose real name was Julie, died of unknown causes overnight at age 59. She came to Hollywood as a teenager, dated heavy metal rock stars, married one, was a pinup in MTV videos and B-movies, and had an affair with O.J. Simpson while he was married to the wife he eventually murdered. Oh, wow. Lived hard and fast, died relatively young. She was a walking, talking, e-true Hollywood story. It's an old story and a tragic one. This guy goes into it, too. Katane was gorgeous, and she knew it. She married Whitesnake singer David Coverdale. She did videos for Whitesnake and Rat. The literal bottom of the rock hierarchy. What's that supposed to mean? Rat and Whitesnake were the bottom of the rock hierarchy? Well, shit, they both like, sun, sold tons of records. Yeah, like, what the fuck kind of... Just took a little Wait, dig at Whitesnake and Rat for no reason. Dickhead. Yeah. The best movie role she had was playing a young Tom Hanks girlfriend in Bachelor Party. She was one of the lead character's uh, girlfriends in an episode of Seinfeld. After a run as a video vixen, she married Major League pitcher Chuck Finley and had two daughters. I didn't know she had any kids. He divorced her after a couple of years following a domestic abuse incident. A domestic abuse incident. She wounded him with a stiletto heel. <laughs> this guy. The oh, downward slide. Right I know. I was like, who's this guy? What are you fucking writing for uh, Unsolved Mysteries? The downward <laughs> slide commenced. Katane became a regular on MTV and VH1 reality shows, had a much publicized cocaine problem, and was arrested in 2006 and 2009. And now this, it's very sad. So that's a shame. I didn't know she was still doing that badly that she just couldn't recover from that shit. I guess her addictions got the better of her eventually. Wasn't she on the surreal life and she was just a total nut job on there? Yeah, that's the thing. And I remember, yeah, she obviously did not look like she used to look. She looked a lot, you know, worse. She was all, and you know, to be fair, it happens to people who get, you know, when you get old, they start putting on weight. You don't look as good as you used to. I mean, she was never going to look the way she looked in the 80s for the rest of her life. No, no. 
but uh you know she was uh what's funny is after that i mean in the article there's a link to the white snake here i go again video that famous video so of course i went and watched it hadn't watched it i don't know how long and i just forgot i was like oh yeah i mean it really just brought me screaming back to the 80s like holy yeah. shit this was what shit was like in the 80s you know you were watching mtv videos with uh rock singers and fancy cars and stuff and hot chicks mm -hmm. in the background and you're just like yeah this is video man this is what video is all about <laughs> it's like now it just seems silly and shallow but it's like because i guess videos now they try to make everything into like some mini movie and make yeah. it all like super deep and wild and you know have all sorts of imagery that's like ooh, weird special effects and shit but man, back in the remember the back in the beginning days of uh, MTV when you could tell they had no idea what to fucking do with videos. Oh yeah, yeah. So everything was just cheesy blue screen and shit like that. It just looked completely. You look at it now and you just laugh at all of them. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all use I mean, the same them, cheesy special effect. And when they had like some of the bands would do like continuing stories from video to video to video. That was when it seemed cool. Like wow, they're onto something. They're doing yeah. something different. Yeah, it's like because it was kind of weak. Uh, like you see the same characters or something in the same video. It's like hey, it's that dude from the last video. I'm trying to think because I think Rat when they did a video for Wanted Man, I think Tommy Lee was in it because Rat and Motley Crue were close mm -hmm. back in the day. Yep. And Tommy Lee's a cop. I think Vince Neil was in it too, or or maybe it was Tommy and Nikki. I can't remember. It's been a long time. But when you would see other bands cameo in other bands' videos, I always thought that was kind of cool. Uh -huh. I do. Uh, yeah, I like shit like that. Or when they make a call back to some other video or something like that. Not like a parody, like like Weird Al Yankovic, but like really like, oh wait, that's that place from that other video, and then they're on yeah, the yeah. other side of the street or something. But that the kind of cool shit. One of the classics was like Triumph, I like Say Goodbye or something like that with the cheesy like <laughs> '80s effects and shit like that. Oh yeah, you're uh, just like, what is going on? But here, Killer, dude? I mean, the song's so killer, and seeing Rick Emmett and all them playing was just fucking amazing. But now you look at those videos, like God, that was fucking cheesy, dude. Well, what's funny now is now that you mentioned that, I forgot that I don't know we haven't talked about it much, but did you know? I assume you do that they're making a movie about Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson. No, I didn't know that. Ah, I'm surprised because so the the guy playing Tommy Lee is Sebastian Stan, the guy who plays uh, the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. You know, Bucky Barnes. That's him. He's going to be Tommy Lee. See, this oh, really? is, so it's going to be a big budget thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who. Though it's for Hulu. So I mean, yeah, they get reasonable budgets for those yeah. channels. Uh, and the chick who's playing Pamela, interestingly, is Lily James, who's fucking flat as a board. But anyway. Um, She's going to play, and she's a good actress, an English actress, so she's going to be, and I don't know who Seth Rogen, oh, Seth Rogen is on board to play the man who got his hands on the infamous sex tape, so we don't even know his fucking name, I guess, but Seth Rogen's <laughs> going to be the guy, it's like, who gives a shit, I fucking hate Seth Rogen. Why do you hate but, Seth so much? Because he fucking sucks. <laughs> he Seth. just does. Of course you do, I'm not surprised. What's that supposed to mean? You like dumb shit. We all know this. That's like your thing. So, uh, are they going to reenact the videotape in the movie? I doubt it. But that's the thing. They're going to have to do like some sort of prosthesis, like Boogie Nights. Yeah. Fucking Sebastian Stan, just whoosh, when the hog comes out. I, I mentioned that because I got a call to be a stand-in. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I imagine that really happened. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. No, I've got a huge penis. <laughs> I'm sure you do, sir. I'm sure yeah. you do. That's enough. I'm hidden behind the jock. The jock does a good job of hiding everything. Huh? Okay, well, let's take your word I'm for glad that. Glad it does. Yeah. I'm glad it does. So, it, uh, it's an <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing. It says Anderson and Lee are not involved in Pam. It's called Pam and Tommy. And Anderson and Lee are not involved in Pam and Tommy, though insiders say they are aware since the project has been in development since early this year when James first brought uh, was first brought on to play Anderson. Lily James, okay. The project was has gained momentum in recent months with the addition of Gillespie and Stan, and now it looks to be well on its way to production. So I don't know when it's supposed to come out. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, oh, no, they're talking about the other shit that they're in, but... Uh, I guess, you know, I, I might take a look at it. I never watched that one uh, about Motley Crue. Was that the dirt? It was so-so. Yeah, I figured it would be. That's why I didn't bother. And, you know, the thing is, I like their music, but I really don't give a fuck about all the other drama that goes on with Motley Crue. I don't particularly give a shit about any of the people in the band. Mick Mars, maybe, because he seems like he might be, the, believe it or not, the most normal of all of them. Yeah, he was, or is. But, I mean, the thing is about that movie is there was a lot of inaccuracies. The acting was poor. It was done well, sort of. But the acting was so shitty. And, I mean, they could have really done something with it. And had they really followed the the book better Mm. and the story better, uh, I think it could have been good. But to me... um, it just fell short, and I, I try. I wanted to like it, and I've heard other people same opinion as me. Like, they wanted to like it. They tried. They gave it, you know, two or three watches, and it just didn't work out. And yep. same like the the Queen movie. I didn't like the Queen movie either. I thought it was done shitty. Oh, the the one, yeah, with uh, Bohemian that Rhapsody or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. I was like, eh, it's okay. It, it wasn't as much as I... It was like over before I realized it, and I was like, you hardly did anything. Well, dude, the last fucking 15 minutes were them doing Live Aid, and I was like, enough already. Yeah, and then I, it was well done. I mean, it looked like, okay, you recreated that really well with these other people, but I'm like, but so what? I mean, I've watched the fucking video myself. Yeah, why do I need and to see that for 15 fucking minutes? Yeah. Why don't you really go into Freddie dying and all that stuff? That would have been the stuff to really yes. talk about that part. And I guess maybe they thought they would be more respectful by not dwelling on it. Because I know he, at the time he didn't want to dwell on it. But still, it's like that's where all the pathos comes in, dude. It's right. the, it's losing a guy who was that talented, who was going out, going out kind of like a champ, right? I mean, he didn't, you know, be a puss about it. He just said, right. "Look, I don't want people to see me when I look like shit. I'm, and, and there's just no way around it." I'm going to look, I'm dying. I'm going to look terrible. Mm -hmm. So he didn't go out in public. He stayed in his house. He didn't bitch and moan about it. He wasn't a little baby about it. He just said, yeah, I've got this disease. It is what it is. And there you go. And that was that. And he kept working up until he couldn't work anymore, you know, and didn't make a big deal about it going on every talk show to talk about poor little me that, you know, like everybody does now, everybody whines and moans, about bitches about everything now and talks about how they're the fucking victim and everybody needs to, look at me and feel sorry for me and it's like you know what fuck off just be a man about it it's like you you got a disease it happened and fucking you know it is what it is dude oh dude there was something uh, i want to say a few months ago and i'm going having gone through this myself why do you have to go publicize it but uh what's uh, the, the the singer guy uh john legend and He's married to like the hot model chick, Christy Teigen. Or something She's not like hot, that. but okay. 
Yeah. Of whatever her name is. She's yeah, that's that's her. And they're, they're they're fucking talking about the the miscarriage for fuck, and there's a, they're all crying. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, that's the yeah, that's the problem. We've created this sort of situation now. The 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 way it works now on social media and everything. Everything is just so narcissistic. Everybody's look at me, look at me and my problems. Everybody focus on me. It's all just very self centered, and it's annoying. You know, it, it, it's it's understandable how it developed that way. I mean, by the nature of how it all works, of course it is sort of solipsistic, you know. But the point is, it's like everything isn't about you, you know, right. and, and everything isn't all, you know, you're fucking rich for one thing. Do you think right. anybody, you think any of us regular schmucks feel bad? Because, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to be little or, or put down. I mean, miscarriages suck. It's a very traumatic thing that happens to oh, people. Oh, dude, I went through so, it. I went through it Exactly. So, yeah, and I've known people that have too. And it's, and you know, that, there's all kinds of things that you go through. And, and also as well, I don't mean to put down AIDS. AIDS was a really serious thing back in then. It scared the shit out of everybody when it was brand new. Remember that? How everybody yeah. just freaked out about it because we knew nothing about it, what it was going to do, how how terrible it was, how, how easily it could spread or whatever. So it was a really scary, it was the boogeyman for a long time. Right. Um, so I'm not saying that none of that's important. What I'm saying is now people do that about every fucking thing. And they seem to expect everybody to, you know, all around the world to sit and come and, you know, pat you on the back and go there, there, it's going to be all right. It's like, you know what? Yeah, of course it is. And if it's not, it's not, you know, quit fucking putting it in my face. And acting right. like, you know, you're the fucking be all end all of the world. Everything revolves around you. I just think it's too self-centered. But anyway, get off that soapbox. So anyway, Tawny Katane is dead. Uh, rest in peace, Tawny. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Uh, because back in her day, she was one of the, uh, I mean, how many other, I mean, there's every video had some hot chick in it. But how many of them do you actually know who they are, right? How many right. of them were above that level where they were just the hot chick in the background? She was a major kind of star in that sense because of those videos. Yeah, well, I mean, the, when she got the cover for Rap, she was dating Robin Crosby. So, yeah, and she was with him for a while, I think, out of high school or something. I read. I didn't realize they knew each other that early on. Um, but yeah, that's how she got to get with that, and then it morphed into. I think it probably helped her get Bachelor Party, and eventually the White Snake stuff. Probably, yeah, and uh, and you know, again, too, fifty nine. That's an early age to be dying, dude. Totally. You know, it didn't. She didn't get say, some disease. She she died of like you know her body just being too fucking yeah uh, ruined by all this drugs and everything. Yeah, yeah, which still doesn't explain how Keith Richards is still alive. I know it's like this motherfucker. Well, remember it's the old Simpsons uh, uh, scene back in the day when they showed uh, how uh, Burns had uh, so many fucking diseases because he was so old that he said it's it's like all like a three stooges syndrome so he showed like little models of all the diseases with like a little toy door and he showed them all trying to get through like (laughs) they couldn't get in so he's like and that's why you're not dead dude (laughs) because they're all trying to compete with each other anyway um do you want to do a song we go on the next article or where where are we in the whole let's do one more song do one more article and then we'll move on to our classical show sounds cool you want to you do a song? song up your sleeve, or you want to oh, get another? I'll throw one? something at you. You think I ain't got I some? I got another one that I uh, was real fucking excited about. This one is uh, a band called, and also from Napalm Records. This is a band called Vexed, and this is their uh, this is their song Misery.
pretty good shit. We can call it hot shit. It's hot shit, Holmes. It's hot shit. <laughs> the dopey shit we laugh about. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck old. are they even talking about? Still makes it never gets old, Paisan. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So, uh, for our final article, I think you put this up, so let's uh, let's discuss it. Because I didn't know anything about this. I haven't heard any of this story and what's been developing. Apparently, there's something going on with David Ellison, Ellison yeah. and Megadeth. Yeah, something about him... Um being inappropriate with a fan. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, this is off of metalinjection.net, and uh, it says here, Megadeth releases a statement on the David Ellefson situation. And the quote is, we are aware of the recent statements regarding David Ellefson and are watching developments closely. So, like I said, I'd heard none of this, so this is new to me here. It says here that bassist David Ellison was accused over the weekend of grooming an underage fan with text exchanges and explicit video calls being posted online. Ellison said the, quote, certainly embarrassing, unquote, leaked materials were not something he was proud of, but stresses that the footage was taken out of context and manipulated to inflict maximum damage to my reputation, my career, and family. So... That's not good. So, in no. effect, he's essentially admitting, yeah, some stuff happened, but, you know, it's not it's quite taken like out of context where my penis was outside my pants. <laughs> I don't well, know this, how that happened, mate. Yesterday, he posted a message from the girl with whom he was interacting that mm-hmm. said she was of legal age of the time and consented to what was happening. Her, her, her full statement is as follows. I'm the girl people are talking about in the post about David Ellison right now and I just want to tell my side of the story because people are sharing misinformation and the situation is getting out of hand without the truth being out there. Yes, those video calls did happen, but I was the one to initiate them and never was I underage. I was always a consenting adult. Nothing inappropriate ever happened before that. It was all consensual. I'm not a victim and I have not been groomed in the slightest as I was the one to initiate it. I was just naive enough to record him and share it with a friend without his permission. In the end, it was all consensual and all online. I don't know how I got to this point, but a lot of information is being left out by the people purposely trying to harm him. Still, though, it's like, bro. Now, I guess, yeah, if he actually, I haven't seen the material. I'm not interested in seeing the material. But if he, you know, if she basically, if I'm understanding this, contacted him and was being all sexified or something in a conversation, and he's sitting there like, I mean, I guess you could say, well, then you should have immediately hung up, right? But if a if a really attractive lady starts calling you and sending you some pictures and messages, I'd be like, all right, what's she got to say? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be honest. You know, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything that you're intending to do anything terrible. But and but at the same time, certainly it would look bad if people knew that that was happening, right? And didn't right. have all the context. So she says, I would ask that anyone sharing these personal private videos or any misinformation about him, please stop. And Ellison also released a statement May 10th saying, as you may or may not know, some private and personal conversations and interactions have surfaced online, released with ill intention by a third party who is not authorized to have them or share them. While certainly embarrassing, I want to address it as openly and honestly as possible. As much as it's not something I'm proud of, these were private adult interactions that were taken out of context and manipulated to inflict maximum damage to my reputation, my career and family. The other party involved has made a statement, which you can see below. I thank her for doing so and hope that this clarifies that the situation was not at all as presented. 
he has since made his social media private. So that makes sense. Just so people don't come in and start saying crazy crap and, you know, fan in the flames because that's just not yeah. cool. So anyway, this all leads to Megadeth, who is now coming in on situation as an official, you know, their Twitter feed, the Megadeth account says we are aware of the recent statements regarding David Ellison and we are watching developments closely as it relates to creativity and business. We are all familiar with one another. However, there are clearly aspects of David's private life that he has kept to himself. As this situation unfolds, it is important that all voices be heard clearly and respectfully. We look forward to the truth coming to light. So that's that. But it just shows I'm surprised, to be honest, that this doesn't happen more often. If you're a famous person and we all know about rock and roll, right? That's why a lot of kids in high school get into a band because, you know, hey, I can look like Mick Jagger and still get chicks to like me. Yeah. Holy shit, there's something magical and always has been about the musician. For some reason, chicks just go nuts when they see dudes on stage. Even if you're the lowly bass player or something or the or the oh, mediocre yeah, yeah. drummer in the back, the pe- chicks are like, you're in a band? Wow. I mean, that's what we were talking about when we were laughing at the, once again, the old uh, Decline of Western Civilization video. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that was the common jokes. Like half of those musicians are all basically, literally, you know, homeless. But they're staying at, like, girlfriends' girlfriends, you know, for that night. At girlfriends' houses and stuff. Oh, you yeah, know? totally, man. So, you know, it's 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 something that happens. And But it, it, when you become big and famous, and a lot of these guys end up getting married and having families, what's to stop, you know, new people from coming along, new women, especially very attractive ones, who somehow get a hold of your information, especially in this day and age when you can get docs pretty easy, and start sending you stuff that you haven't asked for. Right. You know, it's bound to cause trouble. So I'm surprised a scandal like this haven't hasn't happened before, to be honest. Ah, well, you know, maybe it's been, you know some of them have, have been covered up uh, potentially too, right? Uh, it probably happens all the time. Yeah. There's lots of payoffs, but this one sounds fairly innocent in that once she was of age, uh, she made a statement. Doesn't look like she's trying to you know, get money out of the guy. Yeah, that's a good uh, sign, I think. It just looks like one of her friends kind of fucked her over. Yeah, basically. basically. Which is, which, and I'm sure young people know all about this because this is probably the kind of waters they're having to navigate these days. Right. And yeah, you, you think that you know who you're sharing things with, but once that digital uh, file, you know, movie, sound file, picture, whatever it is, gets out from your hands, there's no telling where it's going to go. Right. You know, it's too easy to send it to this person who could send it to that person and so on and so on. And before you know it, it's literally plastered all over the freaking Internet and you'll never get it gone. There's people like oh, I've, I've heard uh, stuff about uh, X, you know, people used to be in the adult entertainment industry and they quit the business. And now they're like trying to get all their videos and stuff off the Internet. Like, I don't want you all to show those anymore. It's like, good luck. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not how that works. No. So what are you going to do? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I don't want my kids to see it. It's like, well, sorry, you shouldn't. Open you shouldn't. Your so that's the that's the idea. The way I see it is like, look, don't create material. Then there's no material to exist for people to oh, be exactly. copying and moving around. Exactly. You know, do that shit live and in person, so there's no copy of it. If I'm if you feel you must do it, and in fact, if you feel you must do it, let me give you my information. You can get a hold of me. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we wish, obviously, best of luck to Dave Ellison. That's a tough situation to be in. I have no idea. I'm not passing any judgment. I don't know how guilty he may or may not be. But I, certainly when you're in a situation like that, you, you don't need – nobody needs shit fucking with their marriage, man. No. That's, that's no. just bad news, you know. 
Oh, totally, man. And I, I, I guess he, I guess he's married and got kids and stuff like that, huh? Yeah. So. He not, said his family. So. Yeah. I got a family. I got a fucking family. So is this time for classics, Holmes? I think it is, Holmes. That means one in one thing only, and that means we need to talk to Monsieur G. <laughs> tried yeah. yeah the improv thing is not good for you it's not working out <laughs> it never does Holmes I know it never does so uh, do you have something up your sleeve over there if not yeah I can pick something no no for classic since we already talked about it with Tawny Katane and maybe start thinking of white snake I thought about going back to some of that old jazz how about a little white snake sweet lady luck let's do it Holmes <laughs> So we, we talked about Tawny and we talked about Rat. So why don't we go back to the invasion of your privacy record? And got so many good songs on this fucking record. Uh, how about? Hmm. 
How about Closer to the Heart? I always like it. Or Closer to My Heart. I always like that song. Nice. Let's do it. First, no, no, uh, you go first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick something. You you're up first. to some, you're up to some spooky shit. I'm up to some nonsense. This was gonna be a story, but I'm just gonna make a little story out of it as we close out the show, and we're gonna play a song by this band. Why don't you go first? All right, about uh, you know, in keeping with the boys over at Nuclear Blast, they really just got a lot of good music they're putting out these days. This is from a band called Oceans, and. Yeah, this track is called Everyone I Love is Broken, featuring Rob Flynn Holmes from Machine Head, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in, involved in this, this production. Nice. Nothing left, only you and me. Cut all ties from reality. Come with me. Let's watch from afar the downfall of humanity. Everyone I love is broken. What does it say about this world? Everything I want is dead inside. What does it say about my? Let me take you there I'll 
debate just for a few minutes. I know it's getting late. Um, but I don't know if you've heard this, Python, but there is a new band from a guy that's uh, been out on the scene for probably about 10 years. And he was in a big, famous band that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm talking about K.K. Downing. Ah, uh, yes. He's got a brand new band called K.K.'s Priest, Holmes. Yep. And that wasn't very original. <laughs> but I think it's a little bitter because he wants to be back in Priest, and they're like, they ain't having it. That sucks, Which, man. I mean, he wrote the book, and he said some stupid shit. I mean, it's so they're a punishing story. Him. Yeah. You write a book, you're pissed off, blah, blah, blah. You know, get over it. Yeah. But That's the thing. It's uh, like, I'm not allowed to tell the truth and give my side right. of the story. It's like, what's the matter with you people? Well, so apparently the rest of the band is not down with it, Holmes. But uh, KK couldn't have got a better vocalist. Uh, gets in Ripper Owens, Holmes. Yep. So, uh, Good boy. it kind of sounds like Ripper Owens era priest. Nice. And That's what it's you really cool to hear KK play the whammy bar, fucking go after it again like he was. Nice. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what the whole record comes out. He's got a brand new song. Uh, that just uh, came out here, I want to say a week or two ago. Not too long ago. Have you heard it yet? Uh-uh. Oh, I've okay. heard a lot of buzz about it, but I haven't actually heard it. That means you're about to hear it, Paisan. Let's do it. Um, but it was pretty cool. It, it harkens, like I said, it harkens back to that uh, era of with Ripper in the band. I mean, of course you miss Kenneth Glenn's guitar there too, but still very, very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. The name of the uh, track is called Hellfire Thunderbolt. And it came yeah. out, like I said, two days ago. Nice. Let's do it. <laughs> KK did with the uh, the whammy bar a lot, uh-huh. and he could still rip. Even though I think Glenn's technically probably the better guitar player of the two, I, I liked KK's st- uh, style and his sound in Priest. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, if you cared either way. I th- I could see you being a little bit more of a Glenn guy because the arpeggios and stuff he does, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more technically proficient. Where yeah. KK's a little dirtier. Yeah, doesn't like Glenn do the, 
Isn't Glenn the guy doing the sweet picking in uh, Painkiller? Yeah, yeah. And it's still like, when I heard that, I was like, holy shit, I haven't heard that in Judas Priest before. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I think technically, I think uh, probably Glenn's probably the better guitar player, but it really kind of depends on what you're into, too, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, he's no slouch. KK's no slouch. No, no. no. Yeah, it's not meant to take him down. So glad that KK. did just sit and so I'm gonna just sit on my farm and milk my goats and just stay <laughs> here in the pasture. He's, he's probably got a ton of bread. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, what, after all, he's made all that money. Yeah, look um, at the uh, Rob. That's why I wonder. It's like Rob, why you? Uh, if you're not feeling this anymore, if you're too tired because you're just getting old and it's just too much of a like that last tour we saw him on, mm-hmm. where it just looked like he was really, you know, yeah. uh, struggling. It's like, you don't have to do this, man. I get it. You feel like it's in your blood. It's your career. But at some point, retire. That's what Lemmy should have done. And I, we talked yeah, about Lemmy before how it's a shame to go out like that. It's yeah. like, you know, you don't want to. I get the idea of, well, the show must go on. It's like, yeah, but if you can't do it, dude, there's no shame in it at all. Just saying, right, look, right. I'm going to retire gracefully. Go out while I still look good and be done with it. True. Well, some guys can't give it up. They can't. They I guess can't is what it is. Die. So. And that's a shame. I mean, because you always go back to the Michael Jordan theory where it's like, I'm going out on top, or the Seinfeld thing, we're going out on top. Right. Um, there is something to be said about that. So you don't ruin the, your legacy. But then you see these bands, there's so much money out there. Maybe they still enjoy it too. Uh, but then they run it in the ground. And then you're like Kiss, and you're on your 30th farewell tour. You yeah. know, or like the Who, same thing with them. Do yeah. they love it that much? I can't imagine they still need that much money. Oh, surely they're even more rich. I mean, the the, yeah. the old iconic bands, they're more rock and roll. They're probably making more money than the heavy metal. Heavy metal's a little more specialized genre, you know? Well, even the Stones. The Stones, they're still good, though. When I saw them like three years ago, they mm-hmm. were still good. I'm looking these dudes up now, so let's see. Just out of curiosity, because you sparked it, Pete Townsend's net worth is 150 million dollars. Yeah, and he's 75 years old. So it's like he, I ain't got to do this. Glenn Tipton's. What about, how about what were you gonna say? I was gonna say Glenn Tipton's net worth is 25 million, and uh, Rob Halford's net worth is 30 million. So they're doing okay. You don't what have to do this Roger shit if you don't Dolphin? want to. I bet he's got more money than probably all the ones. No, although Pete Townsend is, I think, probably... He wrote everything. Exactly, he so he should be so. richer, technically. Yeah. But let's see. Roger Daltrey's worth $90 million, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have just $5 million, you're set, pretty much. Yeah. How, how do you 70s, fuck that up? I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> he's 77. That motherfucker's yeah. old, dude. He's almost 80 years old. Damn. And, dude, Homeboy's still built like a brick shithouse, too. Roger? Yeah, you know, and I think that's. I doubt he works out. I mean, it's just that's just genetics. I think he does, dude. Oh, I does mean, he really? I, well, I saw a thing where he was like playing somewhere in England. This is like three or four years ago, and he was still in pretty good shape for seventy-five-year-old man or whatever he is. Nice. Or was at the time. But I think a lot of that, to be fair, also there's a certain amount of. Yeah, you're right. This is a 2015 article. The Ultimate Classic Rock dot com says Roger Daltrey. Hammered and chiseled into shape for the Who tour. Like, damn, okay. 
Hey, I My respect dude was that. Always in shape back in the seventies too. Oh yeah, back, well, back in the seventies he was like he was the shit, right? Yeah. He's just up there doing his pose, you know, the rock star pose, Human plant swinging that fucking mic. Yeah, they yeah. were just yeah, they were untouchable. So you know that's why I say quit. You know, there's no need to try to keep that going into your seventies. If he if he can do it, great for him. But I wouldn't bother. I'd be like fuck it. Because look at Plant. Plant looks like a fucking catcher's mitt now. He looks fucking yeah. terrible. But he, he's old. You know, you've earned it. Right. I mean, at a certain age, you're like, dude, I'm fucking collagen breaks down in you. Your muscles, your ligaments. I mean, there's, there's no way that shit stays good, even if you work out every day of your life. Yeah. You know, the body's got a fucking shelf life to it, man. <laughs> so it's okay to get old. That's that's what I'm trying to put out there. Because I, I look like shit, and I'm not even that old. Wow. I mean, I'm old. Yeah. But even when I was like half my age, I looked like shit. <laughs> I've looked like shit my whole life. Exactly. I'm just saying. I'm just a pile of shit in jeans. <laughs> well, shit, Holmes. A good shoe, as always. Indeed. So you know what time it is? No silly lines. No silly no stories. No cats. No paws up in the air. Anything like that. Here it comes. It's just you and me giving the fans too big. Holmes. Holmes. Up. right now is 13 by Sonic X so check them out and keep checking us out and horns up, up.